Welcome to Heroic Hearts Podcast, where we will explore the heroic journeys of St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese of Lisieux to heal, inspire, and re-enchant our own hearts. Hi, I'm Amy Chase. In this first episode, my co-host Walter Emerson will introduce you to our podcast and our heroic subjects, St. Joan and St. Therese. We'll share with you why we chose these two extraordinary women as our heroes and how, together, they reveal the full range of a heroic human life lived out in active and contemplative expressions. We hope you'll find that they provide the key to discovering meaning in your own life, too. So, Walter, what is Heroic Hearts? Heroic Hearts is about healing hearts, spiritually broken hearts. And what we want to do is puncture the dome of daily oppression through epic storytelling, adventure, and enchantment. Now, what do you mean by the dome of oppression? Well, the dome of oppression is the daily task, responsibilities, and distractions that press down on us relentlessly and fill our hearts with anxiety. It's, it's something that we know and feel every day but we don't really know what to call it. I know that I feel that very frequently. How do we imagine that this podcast will be different from all the others out there? And how will it help our listeners on their, their own journeys in life? Well, we, we have a very unique focus uh, that follows the heroic journeys of St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese of Lisieux, as they show us the way to our divine destiny in the kingdom of God through the alliance of the hearts of Jesus and Mary. So this podcast is unlike probably anything you've heard before. It's about real saints, real heroes, but in a language of enchantment and journey that's going to lead you out of that dome of oppression. Wow, that that sounds amazing. <laughs> and well, I, and I, hope, I hope we'll be able to deliver on that. Well, we're probably not going to do much. St. Joan and St. <laughs> Therese will do everything. They all we have to do is follow those and 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 they'll do they'll do the work for us. Exactly. Well, great. So actually, Walter, can you go ahead and remind our listeners who St. Joan and St. Therese are and why we think they're still important today? Well, you know, uh, St. Joan of Arc is probably one of the most uh, memorable names, but but most often least understood uh, uh, saint. Uh, I, I remember somebody talking about a story in France, um, and they said something about St. Joan of Arc, and they said, I, I don't know who she is, but she's everywhere over there. <laughs> and, wow. and, you know, that's kind of the way, way it is with uh, St. Joan of Arc. She's just in short, you know, St. Joan is not just the national hero of France. She's, she's far more than that. She's a saint of the Universal Catholic Church. She was a young peasant girl that was born in, in the early 15th century in, in 1412. And she was just she was born into a, you know, a, a modest home. Uh, she, she tended sheep for her uh, family in a small village in Domremy on the on the edge of the Roman Empire and, and, the, and France. And she had a remarkable, to say the least, 
remarkable experience uh, one day when she encountered St. Michael the Archangel. And she uh, received instructions from heaven on what to do to save France. And she followed those instructions. And as a young uh, 17-year-old woman, uh, peasant woman, she ended up leading the the Charles VII to be crowned king of France in the midst of the Hundred Years' War against the all-powerful English army. And while the French were in all but a state of complete uh, collapse, and so she turned completely around the Hundred Years' War and crowned a king. So that's um, how's that for a heroic journey? I mean, that doesn't really happen to most of us, right? And uh, Saint Saint Therese. Now this is interesting. Now let's go the other direction. Saint Therese was a young. A Carmelite nun hidden away in a Carmelite monastery uh, 400 years later in the in, in the late 1800s. And uh, St. Therese was not known by many people. St. Therese did not uh, uh, crown a king or anything like that, but she had a remarkable relationship, spiritual relationship with St. Joan of Arc. And how do we know that? We know it from her writings. We know from the, the, the plays and recreations she wrote for the Carmelite Monastery that she wrote plays about Joan of Arc. And it was very clear that she had a very strong spiritual relationship. And in fact, one, one Carmelite uh, commentary said that uh, quoted Therese and uh, said that the, a quote of hers was that she considered Joan of Arc to be one of the greatest graces in her life. And Therese ended up after her death, uh, her, her uh, uh, sister had, uh, who was running the convent at the time had, had, had ordered her to write an autobiography, which she did. And after her death, it was published and Therese became one of the most popular overnight, one of the most popular sensations uh, around the world, her spirituality. And so she brought uh, very quickly that spirituality to the world. Uh, her little way along with her relationship with Joan of Arc. And eventually she not only was canonized, but she was um, uh, given the honor of being a doctor of the church. One of the few people, her writings are so profound. So we're, we're going to connect these. <laughs> this is like a, this is really something and we're going to connect these. And we're going to do it in a way that is Um, maybe unique to understanding the lives of St. Joan and St. Therese, because we're going to, we're going to look at the, the construct of the hero's journey, something that many of our listeners will be familiar with from the writings of Joseph Campbell and um, a lot of, uh, you know, blogs and podcasts have, have taken up the discussion of the hero's journey, the idea that, um, that there is this sort of mega plot, this arch plot uh, in storytelling um, that, you know, we see in all the greatest stories, but we're going to see it in uh, in the lives of St. Joan and St. Therese in a way that we hope our listeners will, will certainly be able to relate to, because in that sense, we're all on a hero's journey. Well, uh, you know, St. Joan is a template for the hero's journey. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how more heroic does it get. And and um, you know we'll go into it in in, in future podcasts, but it was it was hardly a 
um, you know, here I am, I'm the hero and then success. And it, no, there, there were dark forest, there were challenges. Uh, she was eventually betrayed. She was imprisoned. She was eventually executed uh, and then canonized. There's a really, really, uh, uh, you know, um, truly bigger than life story around a child, around a young woman who was not bigger than life. She was just an ordinary person. And on the other hand, St. Therese, you talk about the hero story, Amy. Um, You know, when you read her autobiography, she talks about, you know, I want to, she said, I want to go on crusade. I want to be like Joan of Arc. I want to save. She had a hero's heart. And, but she was a cloistered nun. So there was no way to express it. Now, what her way of expressing it was, she said, when I, when I die and go to heaven, uh, not being presumptuous, but when she said, I die and go to heaven, she said, I'm going to spend my time in heaven doing good on earth. So it was almost like St. Therese stored up her hero's journey. She had no way to express it here. And then she is, she's, you know, really expressed it from heaven, basically. So, uh, you know, and, and we'll talk about the, what I call the combined hearts. There, there's something about those two. People often talk about pairings in heaven, but something that I truly held on to and, and could feel is there's something special about those two together. And, 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 and that's, it's the combined hearts, which we call the heroic hearts. We're going to explore that relationship. It's, it's really beautiful because it's like, I, because you've got the active life and the contemplative life in their fullest expressions together, which I think encompasses I, the whole of human existence. You know, absolutely. You, so you have, you have St. Joan of Arc and down, you know, fighting the battles. You have St. Therese in the cloistered, up on the highest mystical, you know, cloistered mountaintop. And at the same time, though, one thing I think we have to remember is that uh, we see St. Joan as that active warrior. We see St. Therese as that contemplative. But we can also remember that St. Joan also was deeply contemplative. And St. Therese was very uh, oriented toward toward action and victory. And so there's this, this, this real mystical alliance between the, these two hearts of the contemplative life and the active life. And, and, I, and that's something, you know, that, again, we'll continue to explore as we go through. And I think listeners will be astonished at how this relationship plays out. Like myself, I've been pursuing it for about 13 years now. <laughs> And I have the same enthusiasm I did 13 years ago. It's it's a it's a non there, there's no like uh, the reservoir, to, you know, you take from the reservoir and it just fills up again when it comes to the excitement. And, uh, you know, this was, you know, my dome of oppression went away very quickly when I came across the uh, combined hearts of Joan and Tress. Well, why don't you tell us that story, Walter? Because it's uh, it's really fascinating and really demonstrates how these saints can be very close to us and, and can be treated or considered our friends in this life. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, 
Okay. That, you know, I, I was, I, I converted to the, uh, to the Catholic church w- way back in 1984 when, when I, uh, when I got married. But I mean, the short, the short of it is I, my moment of uh, immediate conversion and understanding the, the, the Eucharist and the authority of the church came on the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux in 1984. I didn't even know it. I didn't know who she, I didn't even know who she was. I found out later after reading a book about St. Therese that, you know, I could feel this sort of sisterhood, this, this relationship with St. Therese. So she, St. Therese with mother Mary became, you know, really this alliance for me as I went forward for, for many, many years. And so what did I do? I was very successful uh, I, I t- two Ivy League degrees, and and I I went about the world uh, trying to be impressive, and, um, and and I had a really good resume, and I sounded good at cocktail parties uh, when everybody talked about what they did, and uh, but as I went forward, I, I made a I made a big mistake. I, I I wanted to keep this new Catholic faith, but I also wanted to put my keep my other foot in the world. I wanted to be successful, powerful, wealthy, but I also wanted the other piece too. And that's my advice to anybody listening is that's really, really bad formula. And so it, it didn't lead me, you know, clearly it led me to, um, to, to, to a lot of pain. So, you know, the short of it is, is, you know, what I found myself was under that dome of oppression and I found myself, very, you know, very unhappy on the surface. I looked good underneath. It, it was a disaster. And I reached a point where I felt really almost a total collapse, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, on the day of July 17, 2006, which happens to be the day that we celebrate July 17, that Joan of Arc led Charles VII to his crowning uh, on July 17, I, I had a... a, a a life-changing experience. And uh, the dome of oppression was lifted. And a couple of years later, through the hermeneutics of St. Therese's poetry uh, and plays about Joan of Arc, I, I had a moment with Joan of Arc that, that completely, to this day, changed my life. And it was a, uh, it, it was a moment, uh, an impact. It was almost as if I could feel Joan of Arc uh, reaching into my heart through the hermeneutics of, of St. Therese. I heard, it's like hearing Joan through Therese's voice. Wow. And so th- that put me on my journey that of, of discovery, of writing. The, the reason we're doing this today is that dome of oppression, you know, vanished. You know, does, does day-to-day challenges, no, those are still there. Do you have your ups and downs? Yes. But that, that, that relentless dome vanished in my life and pursuing the combined hearts is, has been the way that's happened. And um, that was actually uh, how I came to know you and, and I'll tell that story in just a bit, but you did a lot of work um, in the, the last 10 years or so exploring um, the lives of St. Joan of Arc and, and St. Therese um, and kind of developing a spirituality or, or a devotion, but it was really grounded in the philosophical work of St. Edith Stein. 
And I'm wondering if you can just tell us briefly a little bit about your work uh, in that other um, in that other uh, uh, website that you started. Yeah, well, I I, uh, I have a I have a website. It's uh, royalmfrance.com. I have a blog, royalmfrance.us. That's R O Y A U M E uh, for French spelling of king of of, of kingdom of France. So anyway, um, yeah, but I, we we first you know met through this many 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 years ago. I mean, I'd say probably over a decade or more ago, and. Um, I say this because it's very difficult to put all that in, in, in sort of a short way. But what I'd say is it began with a devotional writing and it began with an outpouring of devotion to St. Joan and St. Therese, because I had discovered what I, what I just said, this, this incredible uh, power, this incredible spiritual power. And, uh, and I thought that was it. I mean, I thought, well, this is, I just want to tell the world, I've got this little, you know, and I wrote some things and I, I, I called them the dove and rose. So uh, Joan is the dove and, and, and uh, Therese is the rose. So I was doing this devotional writing and then I kept feeling this call to write more. I kept feeling the call to write more. And then I became, I felt drawn to understand the thinking behind the thinking of what I was doing. I felt called to assemble it into an orderly fashion and, and not just sort of an emotional uh, devotion, but into a, a combination of the affective and the intellect and the intellectual side so that it could be shared in a systematic way. Well, how did that, how did that happen? That came through the introduction of St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, who, who we know as uh, Edith Stein, or St. Edith Stein, the, the great philosopher, uh, Jewish uh, woman in Germany, philosopher who um, uh, was a, a student of Edmund Husserl. She converted to Catholicism. Uh, for all of her philosophical work, uh, she read uh, one night, she read the autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila. She said, this is truth. And she converted to the Catholic Church. She became a Carmelite, just like uh, St. Therese. And uh, she was eventually forcibly removed from her convent by the Nazis. And she was taken on the train with her sister Rosa, and they were executed at Auschwitz. And so she be, uh, became uh, a, a martyr. And she left behind, though, uh, an, just a, a, an unbelievable... St. Saint, Saint Paul II uh, also made her a co-patroness of Europe. So uh, she became my mentor to develop that more rigorous intellectual thinking. And I have certainly um, have benefited from the work that you've done and have greatly enjoyed your reflections and insights on that combined spirituality of St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese. And I'll just briefly give a little bit of my story. St. Therese uh, is my patron saint, and I'm a convert to the Catholic Church. I came into the church in the year 2000. And at the time that I was exploring um, who who would be my patron saints, I just, I, I said a prayer and I had a list of, um, you know, five or so contenders. And I, I, I prayed to each one and asked for a sign if they were to be my patron saint. 
And the sign that I asked for from St. Therese was, of course, a rose, because yeah. that's what she's known for. Yep. And literally, literally, the next day I went to work and on my desk was a single rose. Oh. <laughs> and I asked all of my coworkers who had who had given it to me and, and no one ever claimed it. So to this day, I have no idea how it got there, but I took that as my sign <laughs> and St. Therese has been my patron saint. But it was really St. Joan of Arc who um, I discovered um, at a time in my life when I really needed her. And I am a retired military officer. I was in the Navy. Uh, so I share, you know, that military background with St. Joan of Arc. And I was uh, deployed on an aircraft carrier and going through some difficult experiences on deployment and found St. Joan of Arc and her courage and her steadfastness really inspired me. And so uh, I turned to her um, during those times um, just to, to really um, keep me going uh, in, in difficult times. And it was at that time that uh, as I explored her life that I found uh, some of your writings and your website and we, uh, we became um, pen pals, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember you, uh, Amy, uh, you wrote me and uh, we chat, chatted and that's it. You know, we, we stayed in touch. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't necessarily, you know, write constantly, but we stayed in touch and um I think there was probably some uh, providential um, design behind that because here we are. Here we are. And uh, I'm excited for uh, what this project holds uh, in store for us. And, I, I, I think people will be, yeah, I think people are going to be, uh, we just encourage people to join us, not, not because of us, but because of the subject matter. Uh, I think if you're if you're not familiar with these outstanding saints and uh, the enchantment, uh, but but reality, not 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 a uh, not just sort of an escape type uh, thing, but true true enchantment uh, expressed powerfully within our Catholic faith. Uh, I think I think people will be really. Uh, amazed to hear what these saints can offer. Absolutely. And we are just so excited to uh, present their stories and have have others um, discover them and, and fall in love with them as we have. And hopefully their, their lives and their faith will be enriched. Excellent. Well, Amy, we're off and running. And, and I, I think that's fantastic. And I encourage everyone to uh, subscribe, to follow us. We have Oh, we have a lot coming, so <laughs> better hit the subscribe and be ready. So we'll sign off for now, but stick around for Amy reading our closing poem. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover enchantment and adventure with St. Joan and St. Therese, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us at heroic-hearts.com. A Psalm of Life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Epigraph What the heart of the young man said to the psalmist Tell me not in mournful numbers Life is but an empty dream For the soul is dead that slumbers And things are not what they seem Life is real, life is earnest And the grave is not its goal Dust thou art, to dust returnest 
was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way, but to act that each tomorrow find us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb driven cattle, be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, however pleasant, let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within and God o'erhead. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another sailing o'er life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother seen shall take heart again.